Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations with Matt Delockery. We're continuing our theme of super fun topics by talking about why everything seems to be so upside down in this world. Why do bad people often seem to get away with things and have everything good while good people often get the leftovers? It would seem like an all-powerful and loving God should fix this. The easiest way to answer that question is by simply saying that there is no God. I mean, if there is no God, then bad people sometimes get more than they deserve, and good people get less than they deserve because no one's watching out over us. There's no one guiding or controlling the world, so of course there is no justice. However, while that might be the easiest way to answer the question, by answering it that way, there's a whole other set of issues you raise. Uh, for example, if there is no God, where do you get your ideas of good and evil, right and wrong? How do you determine what things are good and what things are bad? And where does your idea of justice come from? In the natural world, there is no good and evil, and there is no justice. And if we're part of the natural world, then we're no different. But that's a whole other conversation. We'll do that another time. Right now, we're assuming there is a good and loving God who is all-powerful. And then we're going to ask the question, why do so many horrible things happen in the world? Well, we're not the first people to ask that question. Uh, one of, if not the oldest books in the Bible, is the book of Job, and that book is completely dedicated to that question. The basic situation of the book is that the Satan is having a showdown with God and wants to use a man named Job as his test subject. And the Satan puts Job through all sorts of horrible things, even though Job has done nothing wrong, and God even acknowledges that Job has done nothing wrong. Then there's a whole long section in the middle where some of Job's friends show up and try to help him work through this situation unsuccessfully. Then God shows up, tells Job how it is, and puts everything back better than it was before. What's really interesting about this whole book is that it deals with something called the retribution principle. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. This is one part of the, the triangle um, that the arguments between Job and his friend and, and eventually God all center around. There's three parts of this triangle. There's God's justice, there's Job's righteousness, and the retribution principle. You see, what happens in the book is that they progressively work through uh, attacking one of these things after another. Um, and what happens uh, is that Job attacks number one. He says that God isn't being fair. God's being unjust. And much of the time when we're struggling, whatever situation we're in, and we're going through hard times, that, um, that seems to be probably, that's what it feels like is the solution, that, or at least answer the question, that God's being unjust. The thing is, if God really is who Jews and Christians say he is, then it's logically impossible for him to be unjust. So either we can throw out the whole idea of God and go with atheism, which leads to the other problems we talked about a minute ago, um, like where do justice and good and evil come from in the first place? We can do that, or we can try to attack one of the other points of the triangle. So again, the three points are, number one, God's justice. Number two, Job's righteousness, uh, and if we're talking about us, that's, you know, our righteousness. And number three, the retribution principle. Uh, again, we'll get to that in, in a minute. Now, I don't think it works very well to attack God's justice. So what about Job's righteousness? Or what about, you know, saying that, well, we've done nothing wrong? Well, in the situation with Job, his friends, his friends tried uh, accusing him of having done something wrong. And, you know, this seems like a pretty reasonable answer. I mean, surely Job must have done something wrong. You can understand why they think that. And we say this about ourselves and other people, too. Um, surely they must have done something wrong. I mean, we all do bad things, right? It seems like a pretty safe bet. 
So they must have done something wrong. They're being punished for it. But the thing is, in the book of Job, we know for a fact that's not the case because God himself says Job didn't do anything wrong. And applied to our situation, that means that sometimes things happen to us and to other people when we or they didn't deserve it. So if God's not unjust, and things happen to people when they don't deserve it, that only leaves one point in our triangle that could possibly hold the solution. The retribution principle. So what's that? Well, quite simply, it's the fancy way of saying that the righteous prosper and the wicked suffer, and that it should be that way. Good things for good people, bad things for bad people. And that's the very point the book of Job attacks in the coolest way possible. God shows up in a literal storm and challenges Job. Um, this is from when that happens. He says, Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you instruct me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who set its measurements since you know? End quote. And then for the next several chapters, God takes Job on a tour of creation, asking him if he understands anything that God has done. And Job realizes he done messed up. The point of this is that God operates in this world according to his wisdom, rather than his justice. And this is the main point that I'm trying to get to today. He doesn't always give good things to good people and bad things to bad people, at least not immediately. That will happen one day. When the current story between God and man that we're acting out right now comes to an end, God will act according to his justice and put everything as it should be, and everyone will get what they deserve, whether good or bad. But for right now, he's operating on his wisdom. Instead of immediately giving everyone what they deserve right now, he's holding off and working on another goal. You see, all of us are a little messed up. We're all a little broken. God is trying to renew us as best as he can, which means as much as we will allow him to. The reason we're not better humans than we are is because we ignore him and don't let him shape us, which is another topic. But what he's doing right now is working to renew us into people who are truly human. He's less concerned with giving everyone exactly what they deserve immediately, though that will come one day. He's less concerned about that than he is with fixing our broken parts and making our beautiful parts shine even more brightly. So the retribution principle the righteous prosper and the wicked suffer, uh, is false, at least during this life. The good do not always prosper, and the wicked do not always suffer, and they won't, at least during this life. God will act according to his justice one day, and he will put everything as it should be one day. But for now, he's operating according to his wisdom and doing everything we will let him do to renew us into people who are truly human. So let's get to questions. <clears throat> First up, what are the arguments that you said uh, <clears throat> we can't attack God's justice? Well, there's several problems with that. One, I said it's um, it's logically incoherent to attack God's justice. Um, if God is the uh, what a philosopher would call a, a maximally excellent being, meaning he has all the properties that make a person great uh, or being great. So if intelligence is good, God has that to the maximum ability. If righteousness or like uh, being good is good, um, like morally righteous, then he has that to the maximum ability. If power is good, he has that to the maximum ability. So a maximally excellent, a maximally excellent being means he has everything that can make you great. 
uh, he has that to the maximum level. So you can't really attack that being's sense of justice because you can't. It's by definition impossible. Now, you could make the claim that the God we see in the Bible is not that being, and many try to make that case. And there's there's a lot of ways that you can go about doing that, um, looking at uh, God's actions in the Old Testament. Um, a lot of those are a little suspect. And uh, trying to say that, well, yes, there may be a maximally excellent being somewhere, but this one, this is not that God. Um, this is not that being. So that's one way to go about it. Um, so it's hard to attack it because of because of that. But the other thing is, on what basis are you going to say that God is being unjust? Like, where does your concept of justice come from? Does where does your concept of goodness come from? It's like you're sawing off the branch that you're sitting on. You get this idea of at least theists think you get the idea of justice and goodness and and what's good and evil and how you measure between the two from God. And then you're going to turn around and use a standard that came from God to attack God and say that it's, you know, you're being unfair. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Where do you even get your concept of fairness from except from God? So it doesn't, there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't really work. Um, so practically speaking, we can't just tell God, you know, you're wrong, but, um, more practically, you could probably make an argument saying, well, the God that we see in the Bible is not uh, is not the true God. Either it doesn't exist or he's not this maximally excellent being because he's done too many wrong things and that's just not right. So, question, then why pray? Well, I mean, if there is a good God and he does answer prayers, then that's a reason to pray. Um, I don't... I'll be honest with you, I don't really understand prayer that well. I, I do it, and sometimes God answers me. Sometimes, most of the time, he doesn't. Um... Yeah, I really wish I had a great answer for you on this one. Mostly I do it because the God that I believe in says to, and so I do. I don't understand it, and yeah, I've got, I've got no good answer for you. You should if this God is real and he says do it, but I don't, I don't know how or what it's meant to accomplish or anything like that. I, I don't have any solid answer for you. Sorry. Other questions? Uh, question, prayer is a conversion? I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean by conversion? A conversation. Yeah, I mean... I've heard that, and I've heard a lot of different ideas. When I say that I don't really know, it's not that I don't have any ideas floating around in my head. Um, I've heard a lot of those things, but I don't know to what extent that I hold to one or the other or not. Um, there are absolutely some times when there is no other, it feels like there is no other appropriate response but to pray, and I do. 
but I I don't really know. Um, I don't know enough about the about the topic of prayer to be able to say anything intelligent about it. The problem with the conversation thing is is also that it seems to be rather one sided. Like I talk a lot, but and sometimes God answers me, and a lot of times He doesn't. So I I don't really know what to do with that. Hopefully, I'll have a better update. Um, with time, and yes, I agree that yes, He does answer prayers. Um, he certainly has in my life. I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying it's not. It's not like a conversation. This is not like a. Every time I pray, I get a response. A lot of times I don't. Sometimes I do. He absolutely has many times. Um, so I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to say that like he, God never does and never has. It's just that it's not like every time I pray, I get a response. Every time I either get what I want or I get a no or. I've said enough words. I think you guys got what I'm trying to say. Anything else? All right. Well, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And um, I hope you all are going to have a good Christmas when that shows up in a few weeks. So have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you next week.